So I'm an expert in in human connection, but you know, but purpose is driven purpose is driven by humans, and um, and so I worked in communications for over 20 years before becoming a coach to help, that helps teams connect better and and executives to connect better to their teams and to purpose and. So I'm all about that. And, and um, what I think is so profoundly interesting right now in, in this time where we're socially distancing, um, where, where so many of us are being told basically that what we're, we're wired for, which is to connect where we, we can't do and we're isolated and because, and, but, but a lot of that isolation can actually cause depression and anxiety which impairs our immune system, which makes us more susceptible to a virus. So it is kind of like, it's a little mind-blowing. What's up, everybody? Thanks for stopping by the show. I'm the host, Sean Dustin. Uh, if it's your first time listening, welcome. Uh, if you're returning, welcome back. It's good to have you with us today. Uh, it is September 1st, and the episode that I am releasing today is from April 23rd. So uh, I'd say maybe about a month. Yeah, about a month into the uh, lockdown. Uh as always, if you can uh, spare some money, uh, I could use your support. Uh, if you'd like to help support the show, you could roll over to Patreon, and there's subscriber-only content over there that I am currently loading up. There's not much over there right now, but I am in the process of doing it. It's I'm having to break down every single episode that I have out there and pull you know, just the, uh, interviews out of them and put them over there. So I mean, it's not an easy task, uh, but it will get done. Uh, if you don't want to do that and you just want to do a one-time donation, uh, once you go over to PayPal and you can do, uh, NorCal drone services at yahoo.com and, uh, shoot a one-time donation. Uh, we get, I could use it. That's for sure. Uh, running a show, uh, definitely has a lot of, uh, a lot of expenses, a lot of subscription services to be able to help with the ease of content creation and putting out a, a, a decent product. Uh, and if you, if you can't afford it and you don't have any money and, uh, you know, times are pretty difficult. A lot of people are out of work right now, uh, myself included. Um, you know, the easiest way to help support the show is to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, uh, rate review. Um, you know, those, those are cool too. If you listen to an episode and you liked it, shoot me a review, rate it. Um, but subscribe and word of mouth are the best kind of things a podcast can get. Um, you know, because I know for, myself, when somebody recommends a podcast to me or an episode in a podcast, I actually will go and listen to it. 
um, versus, you know, what I see, uh, you know, as I'm flipping through different, uh, you know, search, uh, engines through the apps, uh, unless, unless the art like jumps out at me, I'm not, you know, it's just, there's so much, there's so much out there. So it would really help if you, uh, you know, would tell a friend, family member, or somebody that you know that would uh, benefit from listening to an episode in this show or just listening to the show in general. Um, what else? I think that's, uh, pretty much it for that. Uh, this episode is with Alan Samuel Cohen. And he is a author, speaker, and coach. And he also has a really interesting uh, connection to Harry Potter. Uh, what else? He has a... Uh, yeah, it was an interesting conversation. Um, it was d- during that run where I was doing, you know, uh, five to anywhere from four to seven interviews uh, a day in a two-day in a two-day period. So... Some of these ones that are coming out, you're going to hear some of the same, uh, same stuff. Um, I'm not going to remove it. I don't have the time for it to do that. I have too much to get out and too many other things that I'm trying to build, uh, with this show. So uh, that's the sacrifice. I mean, as it is, I'm already, it's already taken way too long to get these episodes out. So, I mean, April 23rd and we are now in September 1st. So April, May, June, July, August. So that's five, it's almost five months, man. So, and if you're out there waiting, I apologize, but they are coming. They will be out at some point. So anyways, enough of my rambling. Uh, let's get to the show. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and I'm your host, John Dustin. Today, we are talking to Alan Samuel Cohen. Alan is a uh, writer. He's written a couple of books. Uh, one is The Connection Challenge and in Those Difficult Tasks for T- PR Pros. Uh, he's a PR guy who, uh, from what I read, I, I, I went through all your stuff last night, and I was reading your media kit and, and some of the, the accolades, and I watched your TEDx talk. Uh, man, you've, you're, you're pretty interesting. You've got some, uh, you got some good stories there. Uh, and I really enjoyed uh, listening to your TED talk as well. Thank you. So tell me about that, because there's, a, there's a, something about that TED talk that uh, is unique. Well, what's interesting, too, is that that uh, that TED was done about six months ago and it only and it only went live about three weeks ago. And so there was for a while I was thinking, like, is this ever going to actually air? And um, and I got pretty discouraged because then the pandemic hit and I thought, well, for sure, it's just now now people are just so distracted. it, It got lost. And um, so what was ironic is that the theme of the conference that I spoke at was about chaos. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so my take on it was how a sense of shared purpose can help us navigate through chaos. Little did I know that ultimately it would air during probably one of the most chaotic times that most of us have experienced in 
modern history. And so it was kind of a, in some ways kind of a blessing that it looked, it took so long for it to be broadcast. Cause I feel like it, it was kind of the perfect time for it to, for it to air. So, um, so I guess, uh, you know, what, what's you, it, it's certainly a unique story that I share because I'm probably the only person who can, can claim that they were literally one of the first people in North America to read Harry Potter and, <laughs> and be involved in launching the books. Um, Cause I really was the first publicity person in this, in the United States to have anything to do with, with Harry Potter. Um, but the story of just sort of giving birth to something that would ultimately become a phenomenon is, um, is something that I only started really talking about over the past two years or so. I, I kind of like, just kind of keeping it quiet for a long time just because I felt like who am I to like take any kind of credit for something that's become so huge, but somebody talked some sense into me to say, well, no, you were like, it's nice to be humble, but it's also nice occasionally to claim your piece of history. And so, yeah, so I definitely had a part in, in bringing something into the world. Yeah. I like, I like that. Uh, the, your, approach uh the chaos uh shared purpose in in chaos that uh that really i definitely would if i'm thinking about it that's what would be lacking in a lot of uh uh things in you know in where we are in society in yeah, in, in a I, whole I, as a whole yeah i would say in in business uh, so in the story that i shared was just how chaotic what we had to do was in terms of launching a book like that with scarce resources and what ultimately that was the chaos, but ultimately how, what, how we transcended was by getting, getting aligned around something that's so significant to be able to get young boys to, to read who weren't really reading. And, but I think what we're seeing today and, you know, maybe at the time that this is airing, this will still be going on the, you know, in terms of the pandem- pandemic and the chaos that we're seeing, you know, we're also seeing people coming together and, and profound ways to help navigate through it. And I am, I'm so moved by some of the stories that I'm hearing about people providing meals for the homeless or making or, or, or supporting doctors and first responders. And, um, you know, I just read somewhere about like, um, about a, a nonprofit that's giving like, um, meals to, um, like backpacks, like that are filled with meals to, to people who are out of shelters. And it's just, it's, it's amazing how people are, are coming together to, to help those most in need right now. So. Yeah, that's that's definitely one of the things that the United States is not uh, uh, bad at doing. They're they're really good at coming together and and pulling their resources when they need yeah. to. Uh, yeah. I, I just it it sucks that it takes it takes this to to ignite that when it's yeah. like, you know why okay we're capable of it let's just continue it because the the climate feels a hell of a lot better now of what we're watching than, you know, it did prior to that, you know, it felt like right. we were getting, well, I live in Manhattan, um, you know, only, only a few miles away from the world trade center. And, you know, and I, I saw the second plane hit and, you know, when I remember what, 
how New Yorkers were right after that happened. It was like incredible to be here. And as scary as it was, like you, you know, neighbor to neighbor, like people really, really supporting each other. And, you know, it took a while before things sort of went back to some of the less desirable behaviors, the, you know, the xenophobia and the, you know, and the competition and all of that. But for a while we were, New York really showed the best of itself. Yeah. We just got to figure out a way to like, okay, well, you know, we don't have to do this every 10 years, you know, we can, we we can just continue it. You know, if it feels good now, if you continue it, it's going to continue to feel good. Yeah. You know, uh, you, uh, a lot of the stuff that I've read, uh, you talk a lot about, uh, connection being important, uh, in, in that shared purpose, because in order, in order to find a shared purpose, you have to have a connection with that purpose. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I see connection in three different ways. It's connection to yourself and then it's connection to others. And then it's connection to some greater purpose, which is bigger than yourself or bigger than that connection that you have to that one other person. So, so when all of those pieces align, it's like a three-legged stool that uh, where, you know, from the, from the the base you can really um excel and so so yeah so so i'm an expert in in human connection but you know but purpose is driven purpose is driven by humans and um and so i worked in communications for over 20 years before becoming a coach that helps teams connect better and and executives to connect better to their teams and to purpose and I'm all about that. And and, um, what I think is so profoundly interesting right now in in this time where we're socially distancing, um, where where so many of us are being told basically that what we're we're wired for, which is to connect where we we can't do and we're isolated and because and but but a lot of that isolation can actually cause depression and anxiety which impairs our immune system, which makes us more susceptible to a virus. So it is kind of like, it's a little mind blowing, but there's the unique circumstances that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. And so, so connection doesn't become less important right now. It actually becomes more important. And, and so how we figure out how to connect better in this moment in time is so important. And hopefully it will be carried carried forward long after this pandemic is just a piece of our history. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're seeing all, you're seeing it all over the place with zoom. Uh, you know, I, I have, I've been having family meetings now, you know, every Saturday on, on my zoom account, you know, with about, you know, five or six members, you're seeing people posted all over the place. Uh, you know, their meetings that they're having or their different ways that they're finding to, uh, connect with people. So absolutely. As people are doing a lot of the things that they could have been doing before, calling, checking in on their elderly parents, um, reaching out to their family members and to their friends and to their coworkers and people that they haven't heard from in a while. It's, it's suddenly um, what, what should be so natural um, but isn't is becoming more of a norm. And I think it's fantastic. I think it's fantastic. I think we have to be concerned about about. Um, zoomitis 
I call it zoomitis. It's too much zoom. Um, too, you know, we have to find some different means of connecting. It could be just old school picking up the phone or texting or sending snail mail if that's an option. Um, but you know, finding finding some creative ways to stay connected in uh, you know in a pandemic. For sure. Have you ever uh, listened to Johan Hari? I have not. Okay, he talks about connection and his. Uh, and the only reason I know about him is because I suffered from addiction and he talks about addiction and he talks about addiction, uh, in a, in a different take. So he, yeah. he says that the opposite of addiction is connection. Yes. And I, I, I see that in many ways. I, there's a, there's a great Ted talk on that. Um, I thought that there's a guy named Gabor something where I think he's talked, talked about that as well. But um, you know, but I've struggled with with drug addiction and alcoholism. Um, been clean for fifteen years, but the you know, as somebody who also suffers from anxiety and depression, um, you know, I uh, my tendency is to isolate more when I'm feeling triggered or feeling um, feeling those urges, and I know that that I need to push through that and double down on connection when I'm feeling. You know, it's one thing to to um, to find some um, some space for yourself. You know, it's another thing to isolate. Um, so I need to push through that a lot of times and reach out for help. And you know, as men, I think sometimes that's that's hard. I think we deal with a lot of shame and you know, like we should have our shit together and, and all that. But uh, but I work on on trying to stay even more connected when I'm feeling most most vulnerable. Yeah, I think I think for myself, I I, I use this podcast. To, I mean, because I'm connecting with people all the time, but I mean, it's not. And I, I'm telling my story, so bits and pieces of it will come out during a, a a conversation. But I mean, it's not. It's not really connecting. I'm hiding behind the microphone, and yeah. and the yeah. fact that it's my show and I can control it. So yeah. you know what I mean? It's there. Yeah, yeah. My 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 brain is playing tricks on me. Yeah, we all have yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah. I have a, um, I started a Facebook group called the EQ advantage for, for coaches, men, male coaches and consultants and solopreneurs. And just as a, as, as a, like a safe space for men to build their emotional intelligence, to reach out for help, to show vulnerability, to, to, to not be dicks. You know, that's, isn't that the, that's the rule, the main rule of the group. Just because I think that guys need some practice and in, in how to be real, um, and and feel safe to to express themselves, um, in and get feedback and in a in a in a supportive space, not a not a kind of alpha, not a, not a Twitter verse. Yeah, yeah, right. The cruel world of social media. Yeah, trying to create a gentler. A gentler reality, the EQ advantage, it's called. That's awesome, man. I've all, I I was thinking about at some point, like I wanted to have a men's group, you know, where you'd get a, a group of guys together online, virtually, however you want to do it. Yeah. But I mean, just talk about, you know, just men's issues. You know, yeah, come hang out, come hang out with us. Yeah, you're you're welcome. Right on, <laughs> cool. You have to shoot me a, a link to that. Uh, but that actually, that your emotional intelligence and what you're talking about is leading into another one of the questions that I had for yeah. you. Um, and 
how nowadays, uh, with, you know, the different people that you come across, uh, in business and, and, you know, if you're a, uh, a, a manager or in my case, I was a superintendent at one point for, I'm in construction. So I was a superintendent and I was also foreman, you know, general foreman, all the, all the top positions, but in a leadership role in any industry or sector of, of our economy, you have to, uh, it's almost a must if you're going to be successful to know emotional intelligence, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think that there are a lot of people who think that they understand what emotional intelligence is and, and they're, they understand a piece of it. They don't necessarily understand the, the, how broad a study it is. So, so I use emotional intelligence and in all of my work with, with individuals as well as teams and, and so it, it's, it's considered to be, it's a set of skills. It's considered to be even more telling about a leader's ability and potential than IQ or job skill. It's, um, it, it is really how we understand our own emotions and how we manage those emotions, as well as how we understand other people's emotions and how we can adapt to situations that call into call into play our emotions. So everything from how we manage our stress to how flexible we are to our decision making to our relationship to what's going on, rather than sort of dismissing or or pushing down emotions, it's actually to recognize what we're really feeling and then use that as a guidepost to how we want to. Um, to how to how we want to interact, and and I think that you know I, m- most of the work I do is with men, um, but but men are particularly challenged to be able to label what they're feeling. And you know, before I did all of this work on myself, it used to be you know it's like I'm pissed off or I'm angry. Those are the two emotions. <laughs> There's you know, but in, in fact, there you know there are thousands of emotions, and the more we're able to identify what we're really feeling that can, that can become a roadmap for, for how, where we want to go and how we want, how we, so understanding our emotions is so incredibly important for leaders. Um, There have been studies that more, um, that more emotionally intelligent leaders are more successful period end of end of sentence. Uh, So, so that's the work that, that I do and, and helping them leaders build empathy, build resilience, all of those things that maybe people thought for a long time were soft skills, but if they are soft skills, they're hard to implement. And, um, and so, so we gotta, we work on that. We work on that. Yeah. I, I, I like that. I've always, I've always uh, thought about uh, emotional intelligence and, and the way I think about emotional intelligence is, we deal with a lot of different people, like I said, um, but a lot of these people come from different backgrounds. All right. Yeah. And so being in the blue collar side of, of work, you're in the white collar side, I'm in the blue collar side. Uh, the people that came before me, the, the journeymen that were, you know, that I was an apprentice under and, you know, in that old, old guard, I guess you would call it. Uh, they're very gruff. All right. 
the way mm-hmm. they deal with people, the way they, they deal with apprentices, um, and, and how they manage, uh, was very, uh, not PC, I guess you would say, you know, just like almost like tough love, you know, yeah. they're just, you know, Hey, suck it up, kid, get, you know, Hey, helper, get over here, Do, right. you know, and, and right. what you're, what you're finding now and what I was finding is that you can't, there's no, there's no cookie cutter way of dealing with people. Okay. Right. Now. All right. You can't, you can't, uh, talk to people however you want. You have to really understand your personnel and, mm-hmm. and, and know them and how to manage them, whether it's emotionally, you know, cause this guy over here, you know, he, he, maybe he grew up in a, in a household where he's yelled at all the time. So right. he gets, now you're right. yelling at him and you're, you're, Right. He's shutting down and you're not getting any pr- production out of him at all. Right. Right. Uh, and right. so identifying these people and putting them in a place to succeed instead of fail, you know what I mean? So knowing your personnel, knowing their emotional intelligence, knowing, you know, maybe what they came through. And, and, and some of that yeah. comes just simply from talking to them and getting to exactly. know them as, you know, Asking hey, questions. yeah. And, and finding out about that. And so, I mean, well, there's some people who are more, they're more logically, they're more logically oriented. There's some people more emotionally oriented. Um, but, but there's a, but to discount the emotion, emotional life of anyone is, is to miss out on an opportunity to connect at a more, uh, at a deeper level. So even that guy who is kind of a blowhard or, you know, overly directive micromanages for, or, you know, sort of bullying, like there's still an emotion, there's an emotion underneath that's pushing out some of that behavior. And so if the guy or gal is willing to do that work, they may find that they actually get even better results uh, if they are more relatable and if they're and if they're able to adapt or adjust their behavior in order to meet other people where they need to be met. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, I was going through your media kit, and I'm gonna I I so there's some words, some key words that kept popping oh. up throughout the through throughout all of your stuff and uh, commitment, accountability, awareness empathy, assertiveness, mindset, and emotional intelligence. So if you had somebody that possessed all of those, (laughs) what would you have? Who, if you had somebody who was all of those things? Yeah. Who possessed, who possessed a little bit of all of that. What, what, what would you have? Well, (laughs) you'd have super, you'd have a, Superman, right? So, so I don't think that any of us, I think we, all of us have all of that within us. I think that we're more connected to certain aspects of that at certain times than others. You know, right, right now I, you know, it's like if you rate yourself one to 10 in all of those areas, like I'm probably averaging out (laughs) a seven, like high commitment, um, high empathy, but probably lower accountability. You know, so it's, 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 
all of those, all of these things relate to emotional intelligence. Right? You could put all of those underneath it. Um, that, 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 and it's fluid. It's very, it's, you know, some days I'm more accountable than other days. Some days I'm more committed than other days. Some days I'm more emotionally aware and more emotionally expressive than I am in other moments. So right now I give, I'm giving myself a seven as an average, but there's certain things that I'm certainly sucking at, you know, and, and um, like I, you know, we, in emotional intelligence land, we talk about impulse control. So, you know, impulse control is like being more measured about what you say and what you do and, and, uh, and what you write, you know, what you post on Facebook and, I mean, there are, you know, there are days where I'm like a one, where I'm just like, I'm just like spitting stuff out. I'm just, I'm just not thinking through the impact of what I say. I'm, I'm saying yes when I want to say no. I'm saying no when I want to say yes. I'm like, I'm, you know, and, and, and so like today, you know, today I'm kind of, um, you know, I guess I'm being pretty measured. I, but that's something that I work on. I've worked on with my coach all the time. So now I'm probably today, I'm probably around an eight. It's like, I'm, I'm thinking things through a little bit more. I'm not blurting things out. I'm not being quite so impulsive. So I don't know if I answered your question, but that's the, I mean, mean, the, you know, what, what all of those attributes are, are characteristics of a, of a good leader, you know, a good, somebody who can understand, uh, what's going on can, you know, uh, find shared purpose amongst chaos, uh, can rally people together, uh, get people behind you. Um, you know, because they know you're not going to steer them wrong. Uh, you know, it's just that, that that's what I would think of as, as a, a good leader and the qualities that they would have. Well, and I think right now and in, in what we're looking for in the world, maybe we've been looking for that for a long time is, is a, a kind of adaptive leadership, um, which is to know what people need. You know, do they need more empathy right now or do they need more, more direction and accountability? You know, what, what's needed in the moment? Do people need more to be more micromanaged and, and given more um, structure or do they need more autonomy? And, and so being really responsive to what, what the needs are of your people, you know, that sort of servant leadership. Um, I mean, and you could be a leader just in your community or in your family, right? What's, what's needed? What's, what's going to get the greatest result and what's going to be the best for the relationship long-term? Um, what's needed of me? And, and, but in order to do that, it's got, it's got to start first with me. Like I, I have to be self-aware. I have to work, manage my own mindset. Um, uh, self-leadership is important because I have no business trying to lead other people if I'm not first and foremost checking in with who who am I and who do I want to be right now. Uh, yeah. We're seeing great uh, great examples of leadership right now in the world and we're seeing some really horrible examples. And yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. I like looking at it and saying, okay, I want to take that part, you know, I want to take that from our governor and I want to take that part from that spiritual leader and, you know, and that, that Senator, I, you know, I'm not digging how they're showing up. So, 
Yeah, kind of like what you would think that we would would be doing in a, in our system, you know, the system that we live in. We live in a capitalist society or a capitalist system, but we all know that of all of the systems that have been tried out through time, through different civilizations, I mean, you know, you got Marxism, there's probably some decent things in there that, that could be useful. There's some decent things in Stalinism, yeah. uh, right. communism, capitalism, right. socialism. I mean, all of these yeah. have... Right traits that that work you know what i mean or or parts of of their system that work right you know and what I, happens is that people get so dug in um and then and then things become so black and white yeah you know and, and then labels and identity politics and you know and i think when all that happens i think we lose some of the really you know ideological ideologies are all well and good but i think sometimes they close us off to seeing possibility and in, in from people who maybe don't seem to share all of our ideology. And, uh, but also open-minding is hard. And I, you know, my, my first book was on difficult conversations and, you know, and I, I sometimes I feel like a total fraud because, you know, when somebody shows up, who has very, very different opinions from me. And I can still find myself getting very triggered um, political discussions, ideological discussions. So I'm real. I continue to work at that to just try to, to lean into those conversations and with empathy and, and not make the other person wrong just because I, they don't see everything the way that I do. I just like, listen for where we, there is agreement. And um, that's, it seems it's gotten harder in, in a very divisive, um, politically charged world. But I, I, re, I remain the optimist that, that there's going to be this kind of reset and that we're going to find our way a little more to like a middle ground. I hope. Well, yeah. I mean, with, you know, from nine, from 2019 all the way into 2020 to where we are right now, you're having no choice, but to actually watch all of this kind of, it's all unfolding right in front of us and there's, yeah. and there's, there's not a whole lot of smoke and mirrors how there mm. usually is, you know what right. I mean? Where, where you right. like, we're going, Hmm, eh, this seems weird. No, no, it is weird. It is, you know, the, right. some of this, the, the DNC stuff that's been going on and, you know, it, it was happening in 2016, but no one's really paying attention to it because yeah. that identity politics yeah. was causing people to be blind to uh, some of the stuff that was happening blatantly right in front of us. But now, I mean, you just, there's things that are coming to light that you just, we can't, we can't ignore. Joe Rogan just had that episode, uh, with the guy who wrote the book on, uh, Charles Manson Mm. and how, uh, mine, mine, uh, MK ultra and all of that and the CIA, what they were doing and how they were experimenting with that. I mean, a lot of, I mean, it's, it's a real thing, you know, yeah, it's hard to, I do find that it's hard sometimes to distill, like, you know, what's true sort of lowercase t, what's mm-hmm. true uppercase t, what what's conspiracy theory, what's just a, a different way of looking at things. And, you know, it, it can, it can kind of, um, it can make you a little nuts. Yeah. Uh, you I- know, trying to find really objective news and, and all of that, so. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't 
watch uh, CNN, NBC, MSNBC. I don't watch anything mainstream. The only thing, only thing that I really, well, I'll follow uh, some investigative journalists that I like, yeah, and when, and with their reporting. Um, but this one was like, I it was hard. It was hard to refute what he's saying because he's got a lot of stuff to back it up. Right. It, it wasn't. Right. It's not. It wasn't like conspiracy theory things, and yeah. you know, yeah. you know that that word gets thrown out there just to discredit and get people to go, oh, that's one of those again, huh? Right. And, and it's the natural right. reaction from that word. Uh, right. But we have to agree there are some conspiracy theories out there. Though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, like the five G <laughs> and uh, and the coronavirus. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah. whatever. It's. I'm I'm not an expert on any of these things, so I can't give an expert Neither opinion. I can just give you sort of an armchair quarterback, uh, lame ass, uh, nobody, nobody from Northern California guy uh, giving his opinion. Well, that you know, the true wisdom. Is knowing is knowing what you don't know, yeah. <laughs> or admitting that you don't know, or you know, it's like you know the like people who it's usually people of lower intellect uh, or lower awareness who think they know everything. Oh, yeah. It's like the truly like smart, wise people are like, I have no idea. Yeah, like, yeah. it's like that's that's beyond my beyond my grasp or my awareness right now in this moment. Always, um, always don't, don't, don't be married to anything. Exactly. You know, cause there's exactly. even, even, even how long we've been on this earth keeps changing. Yeah. The more they find the older, the artifacts that oh. they dig up, they're oh. dating it oh. you know, way past well, what they thought. Yeah. Well, that's just a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. All right. Is to constantly be curious and be open to new, to a new way of looking at things and, you know, yeah. also like being that way can, it just, it, it alleviates a lot of the stress. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah more definitely. fluid way of living. Yeah. Well, there's no, there's no, uh, you're not constantly trying to, uh, convince people of your, your idea, you know, it's right. like, Oh no, no, th- you have to think this way. Right. You know? Right. Well, it's, it's, um, I don't know if you've read any of the Harville Hendricks, um, the, you know, there's a lot of marriage counseling, marriage coaching, but, you know, mm-hmm. he says like the reason why we sometimes get, we get so attached, like to what, like our, our beliefs become so entrenched and so ingrained. And then when somebody comes along and, and challenges that it's literally like you have to cling to it because you feel like if you let it go, like this part of you is actually it, it, like a part of you has been a lie mm-hmm. where it's like, it's like, you, it's like killing off. It's like killing off one of your, one of your babies. It's just, <laughs> so, so the, but the more, the more we are open to hearing other people's views, like really from a, a space of, of just empathy, just curiosity, the more, the more they will, the more they're likely to listen to yours. But if you immediately sort of push back, it's like, no, that's wrong. That's not like, where are you getting that from? Like, like why would anybody be open to hearing anything that you have to say? Yeah. So it's a, it's fascinating. The human behaviors around uh, just being being a human in general and why, why we do half of the things we do is kind of crazy. We're all nuts. Yeah. Most, most of it, most of it's, uh, you know, uh, determined through biology though. And that, that need to procreate and that, that shit gets you in a lot of trouble. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I just have a dog. Yeah. Right. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, I'm I'm a five time failure in relationships. So I mean, I'm a, I, I just got out of my fifth long term. That means you're a, a five time winner at being independent. Hey, that's a great way to look at it. I'm, that's <laughs> we call that a reframe. That's a classic reframe. It sure is. <laughs> Jesus, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to put that on my license plate now. Would you on my on my rim around it? <laughs> So do you want to uh, talk about uh, any of the books that you got? Um, I know you talked a little bit about the PR, uh, uh, Hard Talks for PR Pros. What was yeah. your, your latest one? Cause that's kind well, those of- are, I've only written two, right? So uh, I know I made it seem like I'm, you know, I'm Stephen King with my whole, whole volume. You've written um, more than I have. Well, they, the, <laughs> well, I mean, I think the first book is interesting and in, in, from a human study because I, I wrote that book on difficult conversations as a public relations person, what I what I realized is that PR people um, are are really good at spinning the truth and not well. We know that right? that's what they get paid for. Um, but but when it comes to like just having honest, vulnerable conversations with people on their team or clients or colleagues, that there's a lot of PR people are very reticent. And, and, and I know that I was that person. And a lot of that is just because I suffer from the disease of people pleasing, um, which largely fueled my, my alcoholism and addiction. And, and I still, I still find in, uh, in the, in certain moments, I, I'm not completely honest. I'm, I am afraid to tell people how I really feel because I don't want to, hurt people or because they're and sometimes it's, it's more like I'm just trying to control, control how people see me by putting like a, a veneer over what I'm really feeling. And so, you know, I wrote that book seven, eight years ago. And, and um, just cause I wanted a lot of ways wanted to teach other people and I wanted to break free of, of my own habits around that. But um, but even as a younger a younger man, as a as a teenager, I used to constantly conceal the truth of what I was doing or how I was feeling, and kind of um, you know being sort of sneaky and <laughs> shady. And um, and so today, I I, I I do my best to to walk more in the light and and help others to be more vulnerable by sharing how the truth of how they're feeling and. Um, and be willing to risk the consequences that some people may not dig you, and they may they may I don't want to say reject you. They they just may just not not want to be in a relationship with you, and that's okay because because we're not meant to be in relationships with everyone, and you know, and that's true in the second book, which is on connection. Like we don't need to connect with everyone. Um, we need to connect with our soul. We need to connect with the best of who we are and then attract the people who are, we're meant to have in our lives. So the book, so the sort of theme of connection is run through all of my books, all of my work and emotional intelligence is very much about connecting with self in order to connect with others. And, um, and I don't know what the next book is. I don't know. Connecting through pandemic. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah writing is hard i don't know i don't envision another another book too soon yeah well getting started writing is hard too because that's where I'm, that's the point where i'm at 
Uh, I come from a family of writers too. So I had a lot of that kind of comparison thing going on in my head. Like my father is a professional writer as is my sister and brother. And who am I to think that I can write as well as they, so I didn't for a long time. And ultimately I was like, screw it. You know, I've got something to say. I'm not going to hold back. Yeah. Well, Hey, at least you got, at least you got something. I, you know, I'm I'm still, I got got some legacy. (laughs) Mine's coming. It'll be there eventually. It'll be there. Yeah. It's got to, I quit making the excuses. Got a lot of those. I'm really good at that. Yeah. I, I, a lot of us are, (laughs) a lot of us are, right. And the, the resistance will kick up even stronger as you get closer to that thing. Oh yeah. It's it's, uh, you got to break through. Well, thanks. I got something to look forward to. (laughs) All right. Uh, So you want to go ahead and plug anything? We're going to wrap this up. I got another, another one to Um, run right into. Yeah. So for the, the fellows out there, especially, you know, male leaders, um, guys who are um, coaches or consultants come, you know, if you're on Facebook, check out the EQ advantage. We'd love to have you come and, and, and join the group. Um, and then my TED talk, I, I invite everybody to check it out. It's called the magical power of shared purpose, where I, I get real behind the scenes of the making of the Harry Potter books and, um, and the power of the power of purpose. And for all other information, you can go to my website at alansamuelcohen.com. And uh, all that stuff will be available in the show notes, uh, and everything that you put there, and uh, you'll be able to just go there and, and find uh, and find you. So it'll make it easy. Well, I want to thank you for spending a little bit of your time with me today and uh, getting to know you a little bit better and, and uh, your message. Thank you. And uh, good luck to you. I hope you uh, do well, and I will be getting this back to you as soon as I publish it. Awesome. And stay well. Yes, you too. Thanks. All right, brother. Bye.